Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined by my twin brother, Daniel. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. A uh, great, well, one great championship game, but a lot to talk about, even with the amount of games that we had. So I'm ready to get down, ready to get into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was championship week in the NFL, AFC and NFC. Steven cannot, Savage cannot be with us uh, this week, but hopefully we'll have him back next week to preview the Super Bowl. Um, But like you said, let's go ahead and let's dive into these matchups, into these games that just happened. So Kansas City, let's start with them first. He's able to hold on and beat the Baltimore Ravens 17 to 10. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in the first half, along with Travis Kelsey, made some sensational plays to put themselves up 17 points in the first half, was held scoreless by the Baltimore's defense um, with a 17-7 lead heading into halftime. But then Lamar Jackson in the second half only manages to score three points. He turned the ball over twice with an interception and then a fumble. Uh, Mahomes pretty much game managed his way in the second half, but when he needed to make the big play to ice the game to MVS on a third down and nine, he did it. Um, Just an incredible, amazing performance because Mahomes even said, he's like, you know, it wasn't about stats. It wasn't about trying to make the big plays. It was about winning the game. And that's something that Brady has done his entire career. And that's something that I've learned how to do. And it was, it was great to see. Um, But Daniel, Obviously, like you said, there's a lot to talk about in this game. First question I have for you is who is to blame for the Ravens not showing up and playing because they've been the best team in football all year long, yeah. and then they, they go out and they look like that? Uh, for me, the blame has to go on the offense just as a whole. Like It, it goes to what, – what's the name of the offensive coordinator? Todd Mudkins? Todd Munkins. But here's the thing about it. I had no idea who he was before this game. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm hearing all this blame that should be that should be on him. But that'll be for the next question that you have. But it is going to be on this offense. Your defense is able to hold Patrick Mahomes to 17 points. Now they're playing conservative. Obviously, they're going to react to how you're playing on offense. So I think maybe Patrick Mahomes doesn't game manage as much if you actually score the ball. And then we can see what your defense does. But your defense, given what was happening in the game, played really well. Yes, it was 17 to nothing, or it was they they let up 17 points, but they let up no points in the second half. That gives you an opportunity to go make plays and win the game. And you didn't do that. And we've been Mm -hmm. praising this offense on putting points on on really good teams. Like, this is a team that beats every good team. And they weren't able to do that. The offense was, I don't know whose call it was to not have Lamar do what he was doing all year and why they made him into just a pocket passer for that Mm -hmm. game. I don't know whose decision that was. But it was the wrong decision. Go with what got you there. I can live with Dan Campbell going coaching the way he's been coaching all year because that's the excuse can be well that's how we've always been but when you get to the biggest game of your of the season where you have an opportunity to go to the super bowl you go away from what got you there 
mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. The game plan was just just not there, and I can't blame the defense for letting Mahomes and Travis Kelsey go off in the first half because they didn't do that in the second. They gave you the opportunity to go and win the game, and and you didn't and you didn't capitalize on it. So for me, it's the offense as a whole. Yeah. Um it's hard to disagree with anything you just said. Uh, we, like you said, we could talk about the defense and giving up 17 points in the first half, but they gave up zero in the second half. Um, Held Mahomes to 69 yards passing. Yeah, and so you, you can't ask for anything better than that. I think as an offense, you throw the ball 37 times, you only run it six times. Mm-hmm. Like It seemed like the game plan was Lamar is going to out Mahomes Mahomes. Yeah. You know, it, it's as if they were listening to the criticisms that some people still have about Lamar of, of well, you know, he's going to win the MVP, but he doesn't have the stats. He doesn't have the numbers of, a, of an MVP. Um, and it's just because no one has really stood out in the, in the regular season the way that Lamar... 14 and three record did you know um and i'm not even sure if they went 13 and three i think they finished or 14 and three i think they went 13 and four but either way they had the best record in the nfl and so it seemed like they were hearing that criticism be like we're going to just throw the ball all over the field um and like you said that's not what they do best what they do best is that they run the ball they're the best rushing attack with because of Lamar mm-hmm. and because of the running backs that they're able to put in there mm-hmm. and it, it works and they did not do that. Yeah. The entire game. So I don't know if it was play calling. I've heard a lot of analysts. They're, they're giving that blame to Lamar Jackson. And I'm like, how is that just on Lamar? Like that, that can't be on Lamar Jackson. That has to be on the offense coordinator, um, the passing game coordinator. Like they're, it can't just all be on Lamar Jackson. It's not like like Lamar Jackson is checking out of every one play and says, no, we're going to throw the ball. Um, and so yeah. I put a lot of blame on Munkins uh, for the way that he, that the way he called this game. For me, the pushback for me is that you are Lamar Jackson, right? You're about to be a two time MVP. You have the merit. You have the superstardom to go to your offensive coordinator and be like, Hey, this isn't working. We need to run the ball, whether it's with me yeah. or with, or with the, with the crew behind me, we got to switch this up. Cause it's not working. We got to run the football. Right. And he's the leader of that team. So as, as a quarterback and as an MVP, either you're going to tell your coach, Hey, we need to run the ball. Or you make it happen as a pocket passer. But that's like for his legacy. So that's that's the next question. But for me, I agree. Like I think part of it needs to be because that was your strategy. That yeah. was your like that was your strategy. Now, the reason why I say part of it's on Lamar is because you're the MVP, you're the quarterback, you're the leader of this right. of this team. You mm-hmm. have to be able to go to your coach and be like, why we why why don't we run the ball? Let's run the ball. Let's establish something first. Let's go back to what was working for us. And he didn't. 
So that's why for I, I agree with you. I think he does deserve some of the blame because he's the one who right. came up with that game. Plan. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and l- let's just go ahead and dive into this next question. Cause obviously if you're if you're on sports talk radios or sports talk shows, like Lamar is getting a ton of heat and a ton of backlash for his performance in this game. Cause you know, you, you do have the fumble in the first half where Kansas City is up 14 to seven. You look like you're going to respond. Uh, and I think that might've been the same drive where he caught his own pass. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was or not, but, but it's, I think that it was the same drive. You, it, it's a, doesn't see the rusher coming, gets blindsided, gets the ball knocked out. And then you have in the second half with, I think it was six minutes to go left in in the ball game. You're in. You're at the thirty yard line of Kansas City. You're driving. You're going downfield, and you throw this weird interception to Isaiah Likely with three guys on him. And so now the narrative of Lamar Jackson is just like, well, you're two and four in the playoffs. Um. So so Daniel, what should the narrative about Lamar Jackson be. Can't win the big one. Until he does it. I mean that 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 is just that's just the reality of what we're witnessing. We're seeing a guy who plays amazing through the regular season, a two-time MVP. And then when you go and play a Patrick Mahomes who's playing differently now at this stage of his career than he ever has. This is not the same Kansas City team that will put 40 on you. They can if they need to, I believe. I mean, for me, it, it's been more of a struggle to believe in that, not because of Mahomes, but because of the weapons that he has around him. Right. This was your best shot to go to the Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh is now the head coach of the of the LA Chargers. You don't think him and Justin Herbert are going to make some noise next year? That remains to be seen, but let's let's believe that they will. You have Cleveland. Cleveland's not going away. Houston? I think Houston's going to be even better next year. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen and the Bills, they're still sticking around. Miami and Tua. They're always going to they're always going to be in in that mix like the 6th or 7th seat. They're always going to be there. Joe Burrow's coming back. Yeah. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes. This was your best shot to go to a Super Bowl to silence all the critics and you failed. And I get it. Like things happen. You know, you had Flowers fumble in the end zone. But like David highlighted earlier, early on, he threw a really bad pick with six minutes left in the game. What was the what was the panic there? So for me, I think that's going to be the narrative for a really long time until he changes it. He can't win the big one. Can't win the big one. And I think that's fair for us to say because I think if we're going to if we're going to high have high expectations for quarterbacks, if we're going to put if we're going to put the same kind of criticism on a quarterback like Dak Prescott for not winning, why should that be any different for a two-time MVP? If not, it should be more. You have a more talented team. You have a more consistent team. 
mm-hmm. and you still can't get it done. And on top of that, the thing that I would say is, yes, they went away from what was working from you. Here's the here's the thing that I'm struggling with, and people can tell me like if if this makes any sense or if the, if this is the right way of thinking. Yes, they moved away from the things that worked for you. But if you need to just purely just throw the ball, shouldn't you be able to do that as a two-time MVP? If you're trying to get away from the narrative, this is a running back playing quarterback. I'm not saying that he is a running back playing quarterback. Mm -hmm. But you're giving more fuel to that fire by it being put on you to throw the ball and you can't get it done. So people can say... People can tell me like, hey, is that a fair is that a fair narrative to be put out there? Or is it more just like, hey, they just you just couldn't get it done? Because that Chiefs defense, we have to give them credit too. They are the best defense left in this playoffs. They are. They just are. And so maybe that has a lot to do with that, but I think for an MVP, a two-time MVP, the expectations. And the level in which we analyze his game needs to be higher because he has just as many MVPs as Patrick Mahomes, right? If he wins it. Yeah, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If this was Patrick Mahomes, wouldn't we criticize Patrick Mahomes? It's like, your defense played well. Why didn't you? So that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think that's where I'm at in terms of the criticism for Lamar. It's like, bro, you're a two-time MVP. You have to get it done. Your defense played well. You have yeah. to get it done. Yeah, so obviously he, Savage is not here today. Uh, I think he'd be smiling if he was because I think this is the epitome. This is the perfect example of figure it out. Not the whole... um Oh yeah, my defense is playing bad and they're getting penalties and somehow I have to figure out how to win that game. Yeah. I think I think that's ridiculous. I don't think any quarterback is going to figure that out. Mahomes can can figure that out. Um but you're struggling all game. Your defense gives up points early. It's 17 to 7. If if I were to tell you that the Baltimore defense was going to hold Mahomes and that Chiefs offense to zero points in the second half. You're like, oh, great. Like Lamar has a chance. They have a chance to win that game, right? Yeah. And yes, you have the Zay Flowers fumble near the end zone. Um, but there was still plenty of football left. Plenty of football left. Like, mm-hmm. And your defense is shutting them down. Your defense is stopping them. So now you're the the ball's in your hands. You're the league MVP. Yes, you're and, and to me it's not really even a, a question of like can you get it done throwing the ball? I don't think that's the question. Okay. Because there were several times to where Lamar drops back to pass, no one's open and instead of like taking running off. out of the pocket and taking off, he hesitated. He stayed in the pocket, even though nothing was working. No one was getting open, and he got sacked. 
he either got sacked or eventually the pressure got to him and he had to just fling it and it was an incomplete pass, a waste of a possession. We saw it in the NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy several times in the second half when he couldn't find anybody open, I'm ducking my head, I'm going to go pick up 12, 13 yards. You can win the football game dropping back 37 times if you escape four or five times and use your legs. And Lamar didn't do that. He stayed in the pocket and decided, I'm going to try and throw the football. And so when we're talking about these big games and these big moments, it's not about making the best throws or making the throws when they need to happen. It's making the best plays and the plays when they need to happen, regardless if it's your arm or your leg. Yeah. And Lamar didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You were given an opportunity by your defense to go and to win the football game. And you didn't do it. You didn't get it done. And like you said, if we're going to knock a quarterback like Dak Prescott in the playoffs for not doing enough to win the football game. Like for me, those two, even, those, those two situations are completely different. You have one, you have one guy who his defense, yes, they've let up points in the in the first half. But in the second, they completely shut him down. And then with Dak Prescott, I mean, both of them played pretty terrible. And it, it looked to where it was almost impossible. But Dak actually showed up in the second half. Now, whether they're playing prevent or not or whatever, like if your defense makes a stop, and then we can finally see like, hey, what what's the deal here? But mm-hmm. Lamar had the opportunity. And I agree with you. Yeah. Like, Travis would be smiling right now because this is the one time where I agree, like, Lamar should have figured it out. Not only should he have figured it out because of the situation, because, dude, you're an MVP. You have mm-hmm. to figure it out. You're the MVP. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I like 100% agree. Like, this is the one time where that figure it out thing makes sense because, yes, if your guy fumbled, but like you said, there was plenty of time in that football plenty game. Plenty of football left because right the next drive, out. he goes down the field and he throws an interception. Yeah. So imagine if you would have scored a touchdown on that drive or at the very least kick a field goal. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, and like I said, there were several other drives that stalled because he held onto the football, took a sack or got hurried and didn't use his legs and just did not make a play when, when he could have. And so, when we talk about Lamar Jackson and his legacy and what the narrative should be, I, I think he has the same narrative that I think every other quarterback has in the NFL. Yeah. Except for Patrick Mahomes and possibly Joe Burrow. With Joe Burrow, I'm still a little bit out on because he only went, he won the AFC Championship once, went to the Super Bowl once, ha- hasn't gone back since then because it's hard to do. It's not easy to do. Now, we know that Joe Burrow is capable, especially because he doesn't have the team that Lamar Jackson has. So I, that's why I'm yeah. still willing to like put Joe Burrow in that category still. Um, because, But it, it injuries is what takes him out for mm-hmm. me, which is why I just say Patrick Mahomes. He has the same narrative as everybody else. Yeah. I, I think where I'm at is... Do I think Lamar is capable of doing that? Well, clearly he is. I think that yeah. if you're if you're yeah. a, a he has the ability, 
and multiple time MVP. First off, multiple MVPs mean that you're actually this, this wasn't a fluke. You're actually a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even look at his winning percentage and say that. Yeah. But he still has to answer the same question that everybody else in the league has to. Mm-hmm. Can you win the big game? Can you have the big moment? And the reason why I say that is because when we go to this next game, you know, the narrative on Jared Goff, I got to give it to him. Um, he he showed me something this season, but I still got question marks still. Um, and that's okay. Um, so, but I, I don't think... I, I, I wouldn't go to the level that some analysts have gone to when talking about Lamar Jackson of... You know, he might not he might not be that guy. He might not ever do it. Man, he's in year six in the in the in the league, and everyone keeps up bringing up Peyton Manning because I think that's a great example of a great quarterback who eventually got it done. It just took him long, and and I get it when you're paying a quarterback that much money. The the you know, it's to win now. It's yeah. to get it done now. Yeah, but it's it's also first year in this offense. You know, like if this is how the offense looked in year one, imagine in year two when they're healthy and they've learned again, this is their first AFC championship game. The only person who's on that, who who's on that team, who's who understands what it's like playing in that game is John Harbaugh. And then you're going, you're across the field against a team who's been there four of the last five years in the Super Bowl and has been to six straight AFC championship games. Like, it, it, Lamar had to get it done. No no one is is excusing that. But I'm not mm. ready to like just be like, in terms of being like, yeah, he can never get it done. He just yeah. hasn't yet. Yeah, I mean, had- like at the end of the day, he is still a two-time MVP. That means yeah. something. It does. That means he has the ability. It's just he's he's just got to get it done, and that's and yeah. that's fair to say he has to get it done. This was his yeah. best shot to do that so far, mm-hmm. so far. Now we never know right. what's going to happen, but like but like how I said earlier in the beginning of this topic, it's going to get harder. It's not going to get any easier, right? Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's move on to our next game, the NFC Championship, where San Francisco <laughs> pulls out another victory uh, coming from behind. They were down 24-7 to heading into the second half. San Francisco holds uh, – or San Francisco scores 27 unanswered points to go up 31-24. to you have a couple of fourth down decisions by Dan Campbell. He goes for it on two separate occasions. The first time was on fourth and two, and Josh Reynolds just dropped, a, I think, a great ball by great ball. Jared Goff. Ball. And then the second time, um, Jared Goff gets rolled out of the pocket, doesn't see one of it, uh, Williams on, on a drag route, and has to chunk the throw. It's not a great throw. Um you have two of those situations. You kick field goals. Maybe the, the game is is different. But Brock Purdy in that defense, man, they showed out in the second half. Um, Ayuk had an insane. It was supposed to be an interception, but Ayuk stays with the ball, makes a great play. Brock Purdy 
I mean, he was sensational. There's no other way you can say it but sensational. He was he he was playing at an elite level in the second half um, and was able to get the team into situations to win the football game 34 to 24. But Daniel, let's start with the Lions first. A lot of people are blaming Dan Campbell going forward on fourth down, and you talked about it here a little bit early, but is this loss on Dan Campbell for the collapse of this team? Who do you blame? Yeah, for me, for me, it's Dan Campbell. And the reason why it is is because, yes, the drops happen, but even through it all, you had a chance to tie the game and make Brock Purdy drive the link of the field. You didn't force him to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can live with, like I said, you can live with the fourth and two because like, hey, you the, the right play was dialed up. The guy just dropped it. So like for me, that I, like I'm not questioning that decision because it would have worked. It would have worked. Um, but in in a game where you're in field goal range, Mm-hmm. You need to kick a field goal to tie the game. Give the ball back to the 49ers. And then you make Brock Purdy drive the length of the field to beat you. Because I don't know how much time was left in that game. Maybe, what, three minutes or something like that? I don't know how much yeah. time was left in that game. But you're going to force him to drive the length of the field. You got three of your timeouts. So you have time to stop the clock if need be. Mm-hmm. But you don't even force him to do that. Like literally what you do is you turn it over. They go right down the field, score. It's a 10-point game now. Versus if you kick the field goal, he either makes it and you make him drive the length in the field. He misses it, but you go, hey, I, I tried to tie the game. My kicker just missed it. You can blame the kicker then. Because mm-hmm. Bagley did not give you a reason to doubt doubt, doubt him yet. Well. Right? Because he, he is, I think, I think for his career, he's like either under 50 from 40 yards or, or, or longer. Right. Like he had a pretty low percentage. But, but even then, for me, yards. I was, but I put mean, it in his hands. Let him be the reason, not you. Like I'll take you behind the scenes into the room. I was watching with Steven with Connor. And literally, when I, when at first the offense was staying on the, was staying on the field. I looked at both of them and like, wouldn't you kick here? And both of them were like, yes. And these were two guys who wanted San Francisco to lose because of Abe, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just disgusted. They were disgusted because like, if you don't make it, you give them an opportunity to extend their lead to where you can't even g- get it anymore. For me, that that was, I can live with the drop passes if you just make that kick and force him to drive down the length of the field. Mm-hmm. I can live with the other things. But that, but that was the deciding factor of the game, the fact that he decided to go for it rather than to kick it. So for me, it's got to be on Dan Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was several things that happened in that game. Uh, you know, you go for it on fourth and two. Reynolds drops it. Okay. 
Gibbs goes the wrong way, fumbles the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have your cornerback who has a for sure interception, hit, hits it off his helmet, IU catches it, big play. But you go for it again, like you said, in order to tie the game. It was just a, it's just a major collapse. Not and, and not even just yeah. Not even I mean, just that, but yeah, it's just a just a choke job all around. Yeah, um, but except for and, one guy. Right, um, because like I said, I, I'm I'm gonna say this. I think Jared Goff had a great postseason. Yeah, he did. He had a really great postseason. Um, it's been his only great postseason, mm-hmm. but I'll take it. You know, yeah, you have to. It, and and I I feel bad for him because I, I mm-hmm. think we're always talking about these quarterbacks who don't show up, who don't, mm-hmm. who 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 in these big games don't don't play well. And I thought Jared Goff played well yeah he did i think he played well enough to win the game he did uh, and you know dan campbell i don't think just from a offensive standpoint but i think from a coaching standpoint they were rattled they mm-hmm. came unglued and you have to blame the coach for that you have you to. can't blow a 24 to 7 lead as mm-hmm. a head coach and not get blamed for this yes players fail to do their jobs and, and but you also have to make the best calls for your team. And yeah. I don't think he did that. And um, again, and again, this is a team that hasn't been anywhere. Right. Yeah. So like for me, I'm I'm gonna expect a little bit of that. Like Jameer Gibbs is a rookie. Eventually he was gonna make a rookie mistake. It's unfortunate that it came in the NFC championship game. Right. But that's what you expect from a rookie. And again, it's not like these dropped interceptions haven't happened before. If Tart doesn't drop that ball against the Rams, the 49ers go back to another Super Bowl. Right. So things like that happen. They do. But even with with even with all of that, you still had a chance to win the game and your coaching decision was the reason why you didn't. Despite all those things. Right. So that's why like that's for me that's coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I do expect Detroit, they're going to learn from this. They're going to be great next year. Um, I don't think Detroit fans should be concerned like, oh, this is our only chance to like one, get to a Super Bowl or to like win another playoff game. It's a consistent. I think Dan Campbell has still proven that he's a great coach. Mm -hmm. He got his team to an NFC championship game. Yeah. And I I think the the thing for them is he just needs to learn how to make, the thing, the thing is, he's just got to learn to think as a coach, not as a player. Yeah. He's got to change that mentality heading into, what, year year four for him? Mm-hmm. So, I agree. You you have the offensive line still in check. That defensive line is amazing. And I don't think you have to pay Aiden Hutchinson for another year. Right. And so, you have the second best running attack in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And a very experienced and seasoned quarterback in Jarrett Goff, mm-hmm. who has amazing chemistry with your 
I think the next great tight end is Sam Laporta. And I'm on Ron St. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good future. And, 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 a, and a Ben Johnson. Who's coming back for another season when he could have gotten right. the job somewhere else. So, Lions fans, don't be discouraged. I think you guys have a way brighter future than our Cowboys do. For for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about the other team. Let's talk about the 49ers. I mean... This is where uh, we were talking with some of your buddies after the game. Um, I got on to them because they started doing the thing again, Daniel. They started doing the thing again to where I, I, they gave they gave too much credit to, to Brock Purdy, I would say. But I think there is credit to give. There's credit to give. Brock Purdy was sensational. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. He made plays. He himself. Did he get lucky with the Ayuk catch? Yeah. Absolutely. Did he get lucky by Jennings one-handing the pass that Purdy threw across his body? Absolutely. Was it amazing that the defense forced two turnovers three turnovers two turnovers on downs and one fumble yes it was but brock purdy himself had to make the plays still to help his team win and it's not crazy to say that the 49ers do not win that game without brock purdy you can't say that did he have help Yes. But did he himself make plays? Yes. So when we ask the question, Daniel, of what does this say about Brock Purdy? What what says you? Is Brock Purdy like what is Brock Purdy? I guess that's my question. <laughs> He's what I said that he could be. I said in this season, this day and age, where he is in his career right now, he's a 1981 Joe Montana. That's who he is. He is he the is he an elite quarterback yet? I say no. But he is astronomically better than Jimmy G. Jimmy G doesn't do what 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 Brock did in Green Bay, and he certainly doesn't do what Brock Purdy did this Sunday. He doesn't do it. And so for me, I, I like we were we were talking about it yesterday about like, you know, Nick Wright says that he's 12 or 15 to 18. I think that's that's still too low. And I still at this point, that's hating at this point. I think for me, he's around 12 to 15. That's where I have him right now. Um, because like at the same time, like, yes, you do have to take into account the the team that he has, the coach that he has. But at the end of the day, I think we we get caught up in the would he be good on any other team? What I'm going to do from now on is I'm not going to answer those irrelevant questions. I'm going to ask the questions that I believe are relevant to whatever player that we're talking about in the situation. 
that he's in. As a 49ers quarterback, can he take this team and win a Super Bowl? I believe, yes, he can. For me, the difference between a good quarterback and a quarterback that you want to have on your team above all, all others, regardless of talent, because I think any quarterback can be talented. But when you're down 17, you throw an interception in the first half. It seems like your defense is gonna is gonna be letting the turnstiles go all game long. Do you still have the mental toughness to put that all away and come out and play great football and make the plays that you need to do to make to win the game? As a 23-year-old being down 17 where you're not playing very well and you have the toughness to turn it around. That's a question that he's answered that some of these, like some of these quarterbacks that we're talking about haven't answered. Lamar had the opportunity to answer that same question. That's right. He did. And he didn't. And Brock did. Mm-hmm. But like you, but like you were saying, does that mean I'm going to give Brock Purdy all of the credit? No, I'm not. I'm going to give him his, his due credit because he deserves it. But the defense, I'm not going to say the defense made the play. I'm not even going to say they even made the play to win the game. Because there was a drop and then a third down drop that had right. nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with them. They left those guys open. The fumble, I'm going to give them credit for. Yeah. Even the rushing attack. They were still able to run the football. They just stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. They just stopped. So for me, like, yes, the defense made some plays. And I think that's probably where, probably that's where Steven and Abe are, are looking at. And saying like, hey, yeah, the defense made one play. But the Lions beat themselves. Sure. Because of those drops. They got one fumble, which is great because they, they needed to have it. Mm-hmm. I I still believe, though, like in the grander scheme of like Brock Purdy, the narrative on him isn't going to change. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to look at that game, watch it in, in its entirety, and not at least recognize like they should have lost that game, despite what Brock Purdy did. Mm-hmm. Like they still should have lost. And I think that's what people are gonna cling on to is like, man, you you should have lost that game. You had no business winning that game. Mm-hmm. That's where I believe, like, I don't think anyone's opinion is gonna change with the what he did. Other than like, hey, with the opportunity that he was given, he made the place to win the game. And I yeah. think that, and I think that's the type of quarterback that he that he is. He's proven that. Whereas a four point deficit or a seventeen point deficit, no matter what it what is going on around me, I'm gonna bring out my best. That's all you can ask out of a quarterback: is when it matters the most, don't turn the ball over. Make the best plays that you can. So I'm going to ask you this question because we're going to get into this. Yeah. Um, 
again, and this is not me hating on Brock Purdy. This is just me wanting some consistency in the way that we talk about quarterbacks and what they've done, what they've yeah. done, what they don't do. Um, so the 49ers were down 24 to 7. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were down 27 to 7, right? Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott in the second half scores 25 points. Brock Purdy scores 27 points. What's the difference in that in in those games? For me it was the defense. Well, I guess not defense, the stops. Right. It was stops. And and like you said, you kept using the word opportunities. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Josh Allen had an opportunity. He did? Against Kansas City. Yep, he He did. Yep, failed. Lamar Jackson had an opportunity. Failed. And failed. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy had his opportunity and did not fail. He stepped up to the plate and executed. But when we talk about a quarterback like Dak Prescott, everyone says, and I'll give them this, it became stat padding for Dak. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't given the opportunity to do what Brock Purdy did. And someone like Ryan Clark, who I have a lot of respect for, was like, well, Brock Purdy's over Dak Prescott now. I wouldn't go there because Brock Purdy had the opportunity to do what he did. Dak Prescott did not. They both scored the same amount of points in the first half. They only scored seven. And so what what I'm what I'm just saying here is that like that's kind of why I don't put Brock Purdy in that kind of top seven, top eight quarterbacks. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think even, I would even say having him at number 12 through 18, it's it's not high enough. I, I think he is a top 10 quarterback um, just because of what he's done in the postseason. And, and I think but even... I think even to your point, even if he is a top 10 quarterback, that still doesn't mean he's elite. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because like, when I think of elite, I'm thinking like the five best quarterbacks in the National Football League. So just, I, I would just say I would say three. I would say three. Maybe, yeah, I would say three. I would say just Mahomes, Burrow. Actually, probably just those two. I, I have to put I have to put Lamar in there because he's a two time MVP. That means you were the best player in the National Football League sure. for, two, yeah. for two years. So Lamar, let's put Lamar, Lamar. in there. So let's let's say Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson. Those are the three only three players that I would consider to be elite. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about Brock Purdy still, uh, and it's and and people will give me this argument of like Brock Purdy is a great quarterback who realistically isn't elevating the talent on his team, but he is outperforming 
where he got drafted as Mr. Relevant. Mm-hmm. I think eventually he has the potential to elevate his team. Yeah, he's just not there yet. Yeah, he he just hasn't hasn't done it yet. And it's okay to say that. And and if mm-hmm. people want to bring up, well, under with Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk has had his best season of his career, then I would say, okay, CD Lamb had his best season, historic season with Dak oh, Prescott. Yeah. It was a it was a franchise record like, and reception seasons mm-hmm. so again I, i'm just asking for consistency when we talk about these yeah. quarterbacks and but here's what i will say to that though dak prescott dak prescott did have that opportunity last year fair he had the opportunity last year to do what brock purdy just did well losing they lost 12 to to 19 and mm-hmm. and we came out here the next the next day and said that was on Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Not to say that every playoff loss that he ever played was his fault because I think the Rams playoff loss had was were they going to win that game? No, they were not going to win that game based on how the defense was just letting them run all over them. I think almost 300 yards rushing. I yeah. don't think he was ever going to win that game. But I think Last year is a moment where you can point to where the defense did show up and play pretty well. They kept them in the football game. Yeah. And Dak didn't execute. Now, is he a different quarterback now than he was last year? I say yes, he he is. But I think we we still have to count that on his resume. That That does. That's still recent enough. To where that's what people are going to go to. And that's why people aren't going to give Dak any slack for that. Because he was in that position last year and he didn't execute. Versus Brock Purdy against Green Bay and against the Lions. These were his his first two opportunities to prove to people that he could, in the moment that he needed to play well and make plays, Mm -hmm. that he could do that. And he did. Now, I think what's... Because with with these two guys, there's always going to be a pushback. And I think the pushback for Brock Purdy was like, bro, you got some lucky breaks. That's what's going to deter people from giving him more credit than what people are giving him. I think I think you're right. 49ers fans want to want him to get this overwhelmingly like like, man, it was it was all Brock Purdy and his teammates were doing the same thing. But like, that's their guy. They're going to ride for their guy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also not. Is it fair to Brock Purdy to say this? No, it's not. But like, that's just the reality. Like, bro, you there was there's some luck involved here. That's fair to say too. Yeah, but I think that he, but he he did what he needed to do in the second half. He did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think I I do agree with you about the divisional game last season for Dak. I mean, you didn't have Tony Pollard. You have Ezekiel Elliott averaging 2.5 yards to carry. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there were moments that we looked at and we just say, Dak, if you make that throw, it's a different ball game. So, so Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll give you that. I think, but this gets us to, to me, the biggest, the biggest difference between Dak and Brock Purdy 
and what people don't want to hear, or not even Dak and Brock Purdy, but let's take somebody like Brock Purdy and Justin Herbert, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Brock Purdy has Kyle Shanahan. He has this elite team. Justin Herbert had Brandon Staley. And I think he's had like three different offense coordinators now. Something like that. Moore is now gone. So he's going to have another new one. He has another head coach. Development for me as a quarterback is everything. All court, all great quarterbacks need it. And so when we're looking at like that, that's why I, I, I think 49ers fans, they don't realize all the blessings that they have. Like they they're looking at Brock Purdy and they're saying, Yeah, yeah, he's everything. Like he, you know, he he's he's better than this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Well. He also has Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Shanahan, Fred Warner, this defense. Like he has all of those things. And so I, I think the reason why people like I think maybe why Savage and and Nick Wright have him at 15 to 18. And you have them twelve to eighteen, and me like out right, like right around the top ten area. I think it's because, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I, I, I fix this because I think how this was said before is not accurate, nor is it fair to Brock Purdy. But the reality is, is that you can put other quarterbacks in this situation, and it wouldn't look the same. I think that's completely unfair to Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy has been extremely efficient in this offense. I mean, in the top five in all efficiency categories. Mm -hmm. But what you can say is that you can put a lot of quarterbacks in this system and they win. It won't look the same. Yeah. It won't look the same. But Kyle Shanahan will know, okay, this is what works for this quarterback, so we're going to do a lot more of this, and you'll be able to win football games that way. I think that's why Brock Purdy isn't in that elite status yet. That's why we can't say yeah. Brock Purdy that's, that's the difference. this football team. It, that's it's the, the fact that you can put other quarterbacks in this on this team and win football games. You, mm -hmm. you can make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, you made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Um, and so, but it's, it's still like, and it sounds like it's a knock, but, it, but it's not, it's, it's just reality. Brock yeah, I mean, is good to, to great quarterback, but he's not elite yet. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think for me, I know we're not previewing the Super Bowl right now. Mm-hmm. Even with the all pros that the 49ers have on defense, they're not better than the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They're not. They're not playing consistently. They're better. not playing. They're not complaining. They're not playing even well right now. They're not playing well. If Detroit was more invested in running the football in the second half, 
they're going to get run over. They were getting outmatched here. So I think for me, I think that's why me and 40, myself and 49ers fans are like, yes, he has all pros in name. And some of them were all pros again this year. But in the postseason, this stretch of the postseason at least, they weren't playing like all pros. Mm -hmm. They haven't been playing that way. They've been underperforming. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think if if they were like locking people up and just being like letting them only scoring 10 points and then Brock is having a hard time figuring that out, then that would then I would be like, bro, your defense saved you here. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is like that defense has not been playing well in the postseason. Mm-hmm. They've gotten a little bit exposed. And that's why for me, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably chomping at the bit right now because he knows yeah. what can beat him. Yeah. And and so for me, I think that's my only pushback is that, yes, he has all these all pros, but mm-hmm. defensively, yes, they're playing a great regular season but even in the middle of the season they made a change from Steve Wicks going from the boots to come down on the field mm-hmm. because they were struggling yeah they weren't like Baltimore where they were like you know you know you know what I mean like they like yeah. holding teams down shutting out all the great teams they weren't like Kansas City who was the best second half defense in the league this year where they barely let anyone score in the second half mm-hmm Yes, they have all the all pros, but they weren't playing that way all year long. Yeah. And so I think I, so I so for quarterbacks who are coming in the system, when everything's going right, yes, at the very at this team's very best, any quarter well, I'm not gonna say any quarterback, but most quarterbacks that we talk about could come into this system and win games. Yes. But it's when everything is going down. Mm-hmm. Where you have to make plays to win the game, can you do it? Brock's proven that he can. These other quarterbacks haven't. You look like you were talking about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had a lead in his one and only playoff game. And if we give Kyle Shanahan some flack for losing a lead, shouldn't we give? Justin Herbert, some some blame here too. No, I mean, make make the make the same comparison. Kyle Shanahan gets the blame, then Brandon Staley gets the blame. Isn't he a defensive coordinator though? That's what I'm saying. He's a, he gave coach? up the lead. Yes, but he gave up the lead as well. But I'm saying you got twenty something points in the first half. Yeah. Why the switch up? Why yeah. don't why why not that consistent play throughout the game? I mean, we did the same thing with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was the MVP. Mm-hmm. And he took a sack. Okay, but here, here's what I'm saying, though. But with that logic, doesn't that mean that Jared Goff gets the blame, too? Like, and we were just talking about he was good enough to win that game. Yeah. But there's some things that didn't happen in his favor. Obviously, we have to go right. back and watch. I think this is more nuanced than what we have time for. So yeah, you're right. but I'm saying, right. but I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, let, let's not let's not go to Justin Herbert because I don't right. remember that game well enough to know if it was actually his fault for losing the game. I mean, obviously, he has some culpability. Yeah, but ultimately, it's the coach. 
Yeah, and I, and I and I guess I guess the point that I'm trying to make too is like even if your coach is giving up the lead, are you able to even turn around like, hey, we're not playing that one well second, but can we do just enough mm-hmm. to win this game? Again, we would have to go back and watch it for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the point that I'm I'm trying to make that the mental toughness of adversity. Can you can you be mentally tough and push through those moments? Yeah. yeah I definitely think other quarterbacks have it yet. Yeah, I, I think you're right. This is more of a nuanced conversation it because is. to me, you, you'll never know. Me, you, yeah, we'll, we'll never know. But be, but be, the reason why I say that is because like you say that like, hey, Lamar, you got to go and you got to tell, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like Jared Goff also has that ability i mean i mean here's what here's what i would say about jared because they only ran the ball nine times in the second half and that and they were they had 148 rushing yards in the first half well well, here's what i would say to that they were driving down the field and they dropped a fourth down conversion the consensus in the room for us was that if they convert that they're going to score at least a field goal because you can run the ball after that Mm-hmm. And then also there was another drive that ended. He threw a great pass on third down. They dropped it. So they had to either kick a field goal or punt the ball away. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at instances in, in this game for Jared Goff and be like, he made the throws. Mm-hmm. They just didn't, they didn't catch him. So I think with those completions, I think Detroit wins the game. So I can't look at, Justin Herbert and Jared Goff through the same lens, one without not knowing how Justin Herbert's game end or second half ended. But I know how Jared Goff's did. And it came with his team dropping the football and fumbling the ball mm-hmm. because they went the wrong way. Not Jared, they went the wrong way. Yeah. So that's why I don't think that the comparison works without knowing what Justin Herbert. And so maybe I'll go watch it the second half and just see. Because maybe that that'll that'll you know, this is a more nuanced conversation than yeah. we have time for. Yeah, because, like, but I, but I do think, I do think it's fair to say, and it, unfortunately, that's the unfortunate thing for Brock. People mm-hmm. can easily look at other quarterbacks and within this system, they can still do the same things that he can. Yeah, the, the but he, it's true. It is unfortunate, but here's the thing that we we also can't forget to do. Just because another quarterback can do it in this system, true, doesn't mean that we should knock Brock Purdy and not give him his flowers for doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Brock, what was said about Brock heading into the season, and I would even say for the majority of the regular season, is Brock Purdy's along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Like Brock Purdy is getting carried by this team. Yeah, he. You put him he in a situation really, to win the game. Can he do yeah. it? That He's the fourth best player on his team. I was set on this podcast, and I think we all agreed with that statement because that's what it, it seems like. But what we've learned in this postseason is that Brock Purdy is just as valuable, just as crucial to the San Francisco's 49ers success as any other player on this team. Because I wouldn't say that everything went um, went bad. Every everything went crazy. I'm not going to go that far because I, I, I think. But th- 
clearly the defense wasn't playing its best. Mm -hmm. The offense wasn't playing its best. Kyle Shanahan wasn't doing his best. And Brock Purdy was able to, in the moment, say, you know what? We got this. Let's get it done. I'm going to make some plays. We're going to get lucky every now and then. But at the same time, I'm going to make some plays. Obviously, the narrative of Brock Purdy is that he's not just along for the ride. He is a crucial part of this football team. And I think especially against the Kansas City Chiefs, Brock Purdy's going to have to show up and do his thing. And if he does that, and if he gets it done against this Kansas City Chiefs defense, they're good, man. It has to change about Brock Purdy. It has to. Because it can't, it, the narrative can no longer be any other quarterback can step in and do and, and win. It's the fact that Brock Purdy has stepped into the system and he's won. He's, been, he, he's, he's part of the reason. The 49ers are not in the Super Bowl without Brock Purdy. That, that can no longer be disputed. Mm -hmm. It can't. Yeah. So, um, just great stuff. I, I, I'm glad we're, I, I think that's a, a good place for us to be in terms of Brock Purdy. He's not an elite quarterback. Yeah. Um, that's only reserved for, for three, for three people. Um, but he's also not just along for the ride. So um, let, let's move on to some other things as we kind of close and wrap up our show. Daniel, you talked about it earlier. Jim Harbaugh hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. He's expected to be able to pick out his own GM, and I think they already have. Um, I don't remember what the name was, but I think the big things that we need to note from this hiring is that he has control. He got what he wanted. He wanted to be able to choose his GM, uh, to work closely with him, and ultimately, the final decisions in terms of personnel, players, drafting, trades, all that, Jim Harbaugh has the final say. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to have a new offensive coordinator. Um, but, Daniel, what are the expectations for this team moving forward? I think, so like, to, to give you some insight, they did hire um, Joe Hortez. I don't know if I'm saying the name right, to be the general manager. He was mm -hmm. with the Baltimore Ravens as their director of personnel. Player personnel, for past, yeah. For the past 26 years, he's been with that franchise. Wow. Probably since it's... No. no I was going to say probably since its inception, but I don't think so. No, because they were like in the 90s whenever... Like late nineties, ninety six, ninety six. Yeah, so maybe two years after they they began, that's oh, when yeah. he got They're there. Pretty close though. Yeah, yeah still pretty, pretty close. close. So he was a director of player personnel, and so but his role now will be overseeing both college and pro scouting for the Ravens, um, or for the Chargers. Oh, no, for, no, that's what he was doing for the Ravens. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's what he was doing, and so I think. I think this is a good move. I mean, you got a guy with experience, with a good track record, because Baltimore has always been competitive. Mm -hmm. um, so I like this move for them. I think if Jim can get 
the right pieces around him with Justin Herbert, I think I think they can I think they can be pretty good. Do I think they can they can beat Kansas City? Because that's going to be a really tough division from now on. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Because you got obviously Kansas City, but you got the Raiders and Antonio Pierce, who I think are going to get better. Are they going to probably be the third best team in that division? Maybe the second best. Maybe we'll see what. I, I guess I got to see what team he puts together together first. Mm-hmm. It, I, all, I think it all it all it really it just rides on who they get at quarterback because I think that defense is going to be set. Yeah, um, that defense is playing a lot better um, since Antonio took the team because he because I think because when we had the discussion about like could Brock Purdy make the Raiders a playoff team, we forget like they beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And they like stonewalled them the majority of the game. So the team has some talent. They can play. But like you said, it, it, what they need is a quarterback to, to give them consistency. And with the weapons that they have in place, they have the opportunity to, to make some noise in the West. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough division. But I think I'll give the edge to Jim Harbaugh because I've seen him do it at this level before with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And so it's really going to depend on how he, how he meshes with Justin Herbert. I think this is great for Justin Herbert. He find, like you said, I think he may, he may have had three offensive coordinators in his career. Now he gets one that's been proven in this league. I think they're going to be really good. I really do. Yeah. I, I love this move. Cause I think it, I think it really speaks to what I've been talking about that every great quarterback who is capable of winning a Super Bowl absolutely needs is that they need great coaching. They need it. Mm -hmm. And Justin Herbert, I think, has an opportunity now to finally get over the hump. Mm -hmm. Because if, if Jim Harbaugh can do it with an Alex Smith. Yep, with a Colin Kaepernick. With the Colin Kaepernick, we think that Justin Herbert is oodles talented, just oozing talent mm-hmm. that I think has been stunted, was stunted by Brandon Staley. I, I think that we, we're going to see Justin Herbert, I think, finally, potentially hit that elite status. I think we will. Um because now he has a coach who can help him get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that they're going to do really, really well. It might take a year or two because they have some major cap issues. They major. have to pay major Eckler, Williams, Keenan Allen, Williams, Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Like, and you probably realistically, I think they were saying that you could pretty, pretty much only keep two maybe three of them. maybe yeah because like what i what i was seeing is like joe joey bosa has not lived up to the contract that he signed right he hasn't played that well derwin james the safety also hasn't been playing up to his contract mike williams is hit or miss you know he's hurt he's hurt a lot austin eckler is starting to get the same way Keenan allen is the same way I, I love Keenan Allen. I think I think they no, need to I keep him too. I think I they need to keep him. I, he he he. Trust me, I've had him for right. fantasy. 
and he's always hurt. Yeah, and so for me, if I'm going to keep two guys, it would be Keenan Allen and Khalil Mack because I think Khalil Mack still has a couple of years left to where I think he can still be really good. Those but are the two I would say. If I'm the if I'm I'm trying to trade the other guys to get either picks or to to save my cap. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they they've they've got some work to do on that roster for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, next question: Vic Vangio and Kellen Moore have been hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. Vangio to head up that defense and Kellen Moore to head up the offense. Daniel. Do these moves make you nervous or what What are your thoughts on these hirings? So I talked to Steven about it because that's the Eagles are his team. And I asked him, I was like, bro, what do you think about Kellen Moore as your OC? He's trying to remain optimistic. Um, what? happened last year with Justin Herbert. I mean, he was pretty he was pretty much the same as he was the year before. Um in terms of like passer rating and all that. I think having a guy who can't catch as your number 2 or 3 receiver did not help. Injuries were also a big part of why Justin Herbert didn't play as well as, you know, we probably expected him to under Kellen Moore. And so for me, I think Am I scared of the Philadelphia Eagles with Kellen Moore? I have to see it first. I really do. I have to see it first. Um, because even even though he last year was a struggle, but because of injuries and all that, when he was in Dallas, he did have for like two years the best offense in the league. Mm-hmm. That is on his resume. Now, when you get to the postseason, is that going to be different? Maybe, maybe, but I think what was out there, realistically, who could they get? I think Kellen Moore was probably the best guy that they can they they could grab based on his resume. So, am I scared? Time will tell. For me, right? If I'm telling you my gut feeling right now, I'm going to say no. I'm not. Same thing with Vic Vangio as as well. Like he's also a hit and miss DC. So, and then also like what, you know, Savage has been saying about the Eagles, like they're getting older. They have to do a complete reload on that defense because like, I don't know if it was James Bradbury, but a guy who came back, like he did not have his best season last year. I think it was Bradbury came back, didn't have his best. They got uh, Kevin Byard from And he didn't work out. Darius Leonard didn't work out. Uh, Fletcher Darius Cox Clay is getting older and out of the lineup. Like Fletcher Cox is getting older, so I don't know right now, man. I I do not know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I think that in terms of Vic Vangio, what Eagles fans are like holding on to with Vic Vangio is the fact that in 2021. He held Dak Prescott to zero points heading into the fourth quarter when he was the head coach at in Denver. And he said, oh, I have the blueprint on Dak Prescott. And then they'll look at this year when he was the D.C. at Miami and be like, we held Dak Prescott to 23 points. My thing is, Philadelphia Eagles fans, is that you're missing some details. 
with that game. Hunter Lipke fumbled the ball at the one. You had a rookie left tackle who blocked the wrong person two times. And Dak still almost beat you. So wasn't there also like Hendershot or Schoonmaker? They were short of the goal line too. Uh, was it Pollard that game? Was. Pollard was short of the goal line. That's right. And then that's when Limke fumbled. Gotcha. So I'm not scared of Vic Fangio at all. When it comes to Kellen Moore, I've been very, very critical of Kellen Moore. I said that Dak made him. So far, I've been proven right. But I'm also not going to put all the blame on Kellen Moore for how his time in Los Angeles went. They had a lot of injuries, a lot of drops. If I'm going to say that about Dak Prescott, if I'm going to say that, um, and make it and make those arguments for him. I'm gonna make those same arguments for Kellen Moore. Um, am I scared? No, not necessarily, because I need to see it before yeah, I get scared. Exactly, I have to see um, it. But I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Kellen Moore, when you look about who was out there, he was the best person for that. Because like we said, Ben Johnson's going back to Detroit. Yeah. And and he wasn't going to come over all the way to Philly for an OC job. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is like they still have Nick Sirianni as their head coach. That, to me, is why I'm not scared. Because you can get whoever you want for DCs and OCs. Ultimately, the head coach... Well, no, has- I wouldn't say that because with Steichen and Gannon, they got to a Super Bowl in spite of Nick Sirianni. So the True. right OC and True. right DC can overcome bad a bad head coach. I don't know if these two guys I'm, are, are those guys. guys. Though. That's what I'm saying. I don't think these guys can. Yeah. Um. And so, to me, that's why I'm just like Philly. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really shocked. And I mean, I, I I think Ben Johnson. The reason why he's staying in Detroit is because he was asking a lot of money to leave Detroit because he's loyal to Detroit. He says, I don't necessarily want to go, but I am kind of, I am kind of confused because if you're looking at that Washington team, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. Ben Johnson, they have the number, they have the number two overall pick. They have a lot of draft ca- draft capital because mm-hmm. remember they made all those trades mid season. Yep, they got a huge cap. That's a perfect situation to go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the very Eric, least, Eric Bieniemy still there. Hmm. I think so. So I mean, but, you, you have you have the opportunity to get whatever quarterback that you want in this draft, bar the you know Bears take a quarterback in the with the first overall pick. Yeah, but you but have even the, then you still have Drake Main. You still yeah. have Michael Penix Jr. You yeah. still have Bo Nix. So, I think that. Yeah, they still got a lot of stuff that they can do. Yeah, um, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe he he does love Detroit a whole lot. Maybe he believes that hey, we do need another year and we can win the Super Bowl, and then I can go get a job. 
But I mean, as constructed right now, mm-hmm. I think that Philadelphia is probably going to be the third best team in the NFC East. I just got to see who Washington gets as their head coach well, and who they get as a quarterback. I don't think, it, I don't think it's just Washington. I think, think New York? I think New York can do something because they have the number six overall pick. Now, if they keep Daniel Jones as their quarterback, then I change my mind. But let's say that New York gets a quarterback. They get somebody. And they have Brian Dayball as their head coach, who I don't blame for last year. So I, I think that if if New York, if they draft a quarterback, if they make some moves in the offseason, I think that Philadelphia will probably be the third best team. And again, depending on what Washington does, like you, I like I, I didn't even think about that. That you know, Philly's getting older, and they're going to have to re-equip and reload. Mm-hmm. They have Nick Sirianni. They're going to have a new offense, a new defense again. Like, there's a lot of a lot of different variables going on within Philadelphia. But we're just going to have to wait and see before I'm I'm definitive about it about anything. Yeah, but. That's going to do it for us here on Double Take, an NFL podcast. Thank you so much for joining and for listening. If you have thoughts about Brock Purdy, if you have thoughts about Lamar Jackson, if you have thoughts about what's going on in Philadelphia or Los Angeles, man, make sure to comment on this on our YouTube channel. But if you're listening on audio, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, And you can also comment uh, your thoughts on that as well. But for Daniel, this is David for the podcast. Have a great week. No football this week. uh, Focus on the Pro Bowl this week. Um, But until next time, God bless.